This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Whatever you garden, wherever you garden. This is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's. This has been like a fill-in week. I've been in for Norm Edwards' uh all week, and Frank Proctor's away going to see Tony Bennett this weekend with his uh, lovely wife, Diane. And Charlie Dobbin is away as well. But we have the expert garden guy with us, Dennis Flanagan. Good morning, Dennis. Hey, good morning, Robbie. Good to have you here. Yes, We worked great. a little bit together a couple of weeks ago. We did? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we did. I'm this sorry. Should be, I'm this not, should... Yeah, I'm not as good looking as Charlie, but <laughs> so you'll have to put up with me. <laughs> okay. I think that'll be just fine. <laughs> We, uh, we expect you to give us a call, and Dennis will answer your garden questions, and I'll give you those phone numbers right now, uh, 416 in the Toronto area, 416-360-0740, and if you're out of town, 1-866-740-4740. Before we get to the calls, though, uh, Dennis has a very special guest, I believe, online. Does he not, Dan? He's not there. Not there yet. He's not there yet. Okay. Well, then what we'll do is I'll tell you what Dennis has in mind for today. I didn't know any of this was going to go on, but he has a little contest that uh, he's decided to give away a very nice prize, and perhaps you'd like to tell everybody about it. Yeah. Thanks, Robbie. Yeah, I'm calling it a day in the country. Mm -hmm. So out at Landscape Ontario in Milton, we have these wonderful trial gardens, which are hundreds and hundreds of new varieties of plants that are on view to the public for one day, and that's on August the 21st. And um, in conjunction with that, the United Way is putting on a tour of private gardens. So I'd like today give away a couple of tickets to come for a day in the country uh, to tour some beautiful private gardens, visit the trial gardens with me, and uh, have a barbecue lunch. Well, that sounds really good. Yeah. But there's a trick. There's a trick. They have to answer a question. <laughs> they have to answer a question. And probably the biggest uh, item in, in the gardening news over the last month has been uh, the giant hogweed story. Absolutely. Uh, everyone's buzzing about this, and so they should. Uh, it's, some, it's something to bear in mind and be cautious of and know more about. And you can know more about it by visiting our website at, at Landscape Ontario, the cautions around it. But I thought I had a little fun this morning because I'm so honored, actually, Robbie, to be with you. Um, oh. a, you know, a, 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 a Canadian icon in the music business. <laughs> well, thanks. So I thought I'd throw in a, a musical question. Okay, good. What is it? There was a famous band that mm -hmm. sang a song about the giant hogweed. Yeah, it was called The Return. The Return of the, the giant, giant Hogweed. So first person that can come up with that when they call in, I'm going to give away a day in the country. Okay, and all they have to do is tell us the name of the band that That's recorded that song. got it, and you're the judge. Okay, <laughs> I'll do it. I know the answer. Uh-oh, I <laughs> yeah. knew you would, I knew you would. All right, I believe our caller is on the line, your, uh, your, yes. your friend that you wanted to talk about right off the top. Yeah, colleague in the industry, uh, Dr. Daryl Summers from the Vineland Research Institute, and I was just down there yesterday, and what a wonderful place. It really is. It's all to do with research in, in horticulture, 
and uh, Dr. Summers has a very special uh, project down there. Daryl, you're, you're on the line this morning? Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. Um, tell us about that exciting uh, project, which I think is a, a great Canadian story with your roses. Uh, with the roses? Yes. Yeah. The, um, the Vineland Research Centre now has, uh, uh, in partnership with the Canadian Nursery Landscape Association, has been able to um, secure the uh, rose breeding program that was originally, uh, well, for a very long time, uh, operated by Agriculture Canada out of uh, Ottawa and out of Morden, Manitoba. So Agriculture Canada has uh, had made a strategic decision to uh, remove themselves from rose breeding, but the, certainly the landscape industry uh, is really, really interested in maintaining it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, in some ways, a world-renowned uh, rose breeding program. Yeah, no, well, and that, and, and Daryl, uh, Dr. Summers, that could have been a very sad day for the Canadian uh, roses uh, um, industry, couldn't it? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a very, very famous uh, rose breeding program, super hardy, uh, cold-hardy roses. That's real. Something we can do in Canada is take advantage of the climate here and produce uh, a landscape product like roses, which are uh, effectively marketable around the world in this, in this kind of uh, uh, climate. Mm. So, so, so tell us to, just a little bit about what you're actually doing at, at Vineland with, with this rose uh, trial program. Well, certainly uh, the, the key feature of it is to maintain uh, the cold hardiness in these roses. So the idea is to put out new uh, rose varieties, uh, again in partnership with the CNLA, and, but uh, probably upgrade uh, these varieties in, in terms of disease resistance. Uh, that would be one of the. That's one of the, of course, the key uh, downsides to roses. They are susceptible to a number of diseases. So um, try to upgrade new varieties. Probably look at some new colors if possible, and uh, and basically produce uh, rose varieties, which are uh, great for the gardeners. Wow, that that's really uh, groundbreaking, exciting stuff for um, listeners, gardeners listening to the show today. Um, Dr. Summers, how, how do you think in the near future would, would people get a little bit more information about what, what you're doing? Well, you can certainly visit our website at vinelandresearch.com. And I should mention also on that ROSE program, uh, we've hired a, uh, a breeder. His name is Dr. Ruman Konev, and he is the, uh, the actual lead on that project, uh, doing a great job so far creating the relationships with the industry. And, um, yeah, so the website, of course, is the best place. And in, in terms of the ROSE program, uh, some communications with the CNLA would be uh, a great place to go to get more information. As you can expect, uh, when you start a ROSE breeding program, it can take a number of years before you get out that first variety. Uh, there's also some very, very interesting elite genetic material that Agriculture Canada is transferring over to the CNLA and so there may be some immediate selections uh, in that material where we could see uh, new rose varieties coming out quite soon. Mm. That's really exciting stuff. Dr. Summers, on behalf of all the gardeners across Canada, I want to thank you for, for, for salvaging this all-important program. <laughs> and thank you. And, and, and I'm sure viewers are go- uh, listeners are going to go to that website over the next couple of years and update on, on your project. Um, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, that'd be great. We're really excited about taking over the Rose program and helping the CNLA uh, produce these new varieties. So everybody have a good weekend and uh, 
Take care. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, bye-bye. See ya. It was interesting, Dennis. It's Robbie Lane here for Frank Proctor. Dennis Flanagan's in for Charlie Dobbin this morning on The Garden Show. And we have on the line waiting Margaret, Mary, and Elaine. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Margaret from Collingwood about her hibiscus plant in winter. Right after these words... Gardening advice, you've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of Miracle Grow. And we are back. Uh, Charlie Dobbin's off, as I mentioned. Dennis Flanagan, the garden guy, is here with uh, all of the information that you need to know. And I'll give out the phone numbers one more time. In the Toronto area, 416-360-0740. Out of town, 1-866-740-4740. And waiting very patiently on the line. She has been for quite a while. From Collingwood is Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Are you there, Margaret? Yes, good morning. Thank you so much for calling in this morning. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, is Dennis there? He's right there beside me. Hi, Margaret. Okay, good morning. And, and, and just as Robbie said, thanks for your patience. It's a busy morning here this morning. Yes, I can imagine. Um, yes, I bought a hibiscus uh, in May. I transplanted it into a ceramic um, vase uh, planter. Now, it's been growing crazy all summer, and it's uh, been beautiful. A few of the leaves are starting to turn yellow. I don't know whether, should I bring it in uh, in the pot for this winter, or can I plant it in my flower bed? Hmm. Good question. There's two types of hibiscus. There is the a true tropical one, and if that's what you've got. Yes, it, it, yes it, it is. Yeah, well, that definitely has to come in for the winter. Uh, a hibiscus that, that is out there flowering right now is actually Rose of Sharon, and that oh, is that, yeah, that's quite that's quite hardy and can stay outside. But the tropical one, Margaret, you're going to have to have to bring it in. Um, couple couple of things. One, uh, this is a, just about the time to stop fertilizing. Um, you want to let it harden off before you bring it in for the winter. Uh, I would probably cut it down by about a third, um, and you're not going to bring it in till you know late September, just before the frost. Right. Um, cut cut it down by about a third, and it has to has to sort of go through a little bit of recovery or dormant mode uh, during the winter months. So um, some people, if they've got a, a nice big sunny sunroom, they can grow it, grow it as a tropical inside. If not, it's it's better to reduce the height of it. Uh, cut way back on the fertilizer and watering, and uh, let it let it rest for a little while. And sometime uh, after the the Christmas break, um, it'll it'll start flushing again. And and you might uh, you probably if you got enough light, you might get some uh, nice blooms during the middle of winter. Um, oh, okay. One thing you mentioned was the the ceramic pot. Yeah. Um, I think that's okay when the plant is young. Um, uh, sometime next year, I'd, I'd consider. I find hibiscus grow sort of better in a clay pot or a fiber pot, um, and you might just want to consider repotting it uh, um, next spring before you put it out back out in the garden. Oh, okay. To repot it into something else. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what color is it? Let us know, Margaret. Oh, it's a beautiful red. Oh. Isn't that, isn't that nice? Yes, they uh, are. You just cannot beat hibiscus for that size of bloom. And, and okay. if uh, a bonus if you get those blooms in the wintertime. You mentioned the yellow leaf. Um, that could be a little, little bit of uh, uh, dryness. Um, I hope it's not an insect. If it is, uh, look on the underside of the leaf. Uh, that's where you'll find things like aphids and, and mealybugs. 
and um, don't panic too much. Just a very strong jet of water tends to wash it off. But uh, um, g- great question. Thank- thanks for the call. And-, and Collingwood is a better place for having you, Margaret, as a hibiscus grower, I think. Yes, you're right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. And I will repeat once again, uh, Dennis is giving away a very nice prize today for any caller who calls in with a question and has the answer to this question. A very famous group recorded a song called Return of the Giant Hogweed. This is all Dennis's idea. (laughs) And if you can tell us the name of that group, uh, Dennis has a very nice prize for you. Waiting on the line from Brampton, and uh, I don't believe that Mary is root-bound, but I think she probably has something that is. (laughs) And we're going to check with her now and see what's going on. Good morning, Mary. Are you there? Yes, I am. Well, happy to hear that you're calling in from uh, the Brampton area. Thank you. And you have a question for Dennis. Yeah, uh, I have a Christmas cactus for about five years. I transplanted it into this existing pot three years ago it's getting i know they like to be root bound they do but it's getting past the point where i'm comfortable with it because i can i can just about see the soil around the plant now do i take it out of the pot do i do any trimming Mm. can i cut it in half and divide it into smaller parts what's the best yeah all great questions mary uh and 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 i find with christmas cactus they almost tell you the answer is it is it still blooming no, no, it, it ah. had two beautiful blooms over, over the the winter. Mm. Uh, can you, no, yeah, okay, can you, just nice new green growth. Okay. Can you actually see any roots coming up to the surface of the pot? No, 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 no? roots. Just so quiet, quiet, you know, crowded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, you're absolutely right. You, you mentioned they like to be root-bound, and they do. Um, and I would push it as long as you can. If you do repot it, never go up more than one inch bigger than the, the existing pot that it's in um, because of that factor. It's and, in a strange pot. The bottom is narrow, and then it widens to the top. Yeah, that's, that's okay, too. Um, the interesting thing with Christmas cactus is they, they are a, a true cactus succulent variety. And at night, they, they prefer if the temperature has gone down. Yeah, I found that out. Yeah, did you? Yeah, and, and I so found if, that by putting into a, a, a darker, cooler bedroom in the evening. Good. And downstairs in the morning does wonders. Good for you. And that, that will often, often sponsor, the, sponsor the bloom. I my advice would be to give it one more season before you think about repotting it. Uh, so the time to repot plants tend to be late winter, just before the early spring, oh, and okay. I would leave it till then. Um, and then, as I say, not go up more than one inch, and okay. take advantage of having a, a close look at the root system to see okay. that. When I no... transplant, uh, use African violet soils. Beautiful, yeah, Mary, you you you're on the you're on the ball there in Brampton. My goodness, you've done some research, and and you're dead on. And uh, I think if you follow all all those, and if you're going to fertilize it to to try to induce a little bit of uh, flower growth. Uh, choose, as you said, either an African violet fertilizer, oh, okay. um, something with a high middle, high middle number. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you want to have a stab at, uh, at our little competition? Yeah, Mary, uh, do you happen to know the name of the group, the band? Why was you wouldn't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any, any idea. Well, I that's okay. I know the plant you're talking about, but yeah. I have no idea of the name of the group. Uh, well, we just thought we'd take a, let you take a stab at it, but I, I guess you don't want to. <laughs> I have, I I would be taking such an educated guess. You you would know what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, then we'll leave it for another caller. Mary, thank you so much for calling in. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you Bye. too. 
Dennis is on the line here on The Garden Show, and we have, uh, who is that? Elaine, she's been waiting for quite some time, and uh, she wants to know something about garlic, I think. Elaine, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you for taking my call. Well, you're very welcome. Uh, Dennis Flanagan is waiting for your question. Okay, Dennis, uh, nematodes and garlic. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's two years that we've had very poor crop of garlic, and it seems that it's the nematodes now. How do I get rid of them in the soil, and how do I ensure that um, someone told me that you have to make sure that the seed garlic that you get is nematode-free, but we've bought it from the local, um, well, from the farmers uh, Mm -hmm. just uh, not too far from us where they have uh, produce and things like that. So any advice you can give me? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Finding a good source uh, for garlic is is very critical. Uh, but if you're using a you know a local person, I think you're on the right track. Um, Elaine, what what did you have in in that soil before? Uh, well, we rotate our crops. We've had uh, peppers there. We've had tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Now uh, we moved the location of the garlic from from last year to another location. And we seem to have the same problem now. I'm afraid that it's going to spread in our they're yeah. going to spread in our garden. So yeah, are the bulbs actually shrinking? Are they shriveling? Some of them are rotting. They're rotting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to go back to soil conditions, um, are you okay? I mean, it's been, you know, it's been a bit of a, a wet season in certain parts of the province. No, it's it's not the wet. We've been trying not to uh, yeah. overwater because that's what we thought it was last year, but. The ones that are rotting, I can definitely see a tiny, tiny little, uh, a tiny little worm. So I'm sure that it's the nematodes. Yeah. So I think you're going to have to be pretty harsh this fall and and clean out that section of garden, take out the the, the garlic, uh, you know, turn turn the soil uh, very deeply, what we call double spade depth, 18 inches, um, and. If you talk to your local farmer, he might be able to suggest a soil sterilant for you, um, which tends to take take care of any soil-borne pests and diseases. Um, well, the soil sterilizer? Yeah. Uh, still, good advice would be to let that ground go what they call fallow uh, for one season. Well, and that um, not, not uh, plant anything? Yeah, not plant anything. And, and if you are going to plant anything, something like a nitrogen-fixing crop like uh, clover, uh, and and that's that's sort of what I do. I think there's there's an issue here with, you know, I know you've done some crop rotation, but letting that ground uh, go a little bit fallow, I think. So, um, I, I Elaine, also, I, I would I would try that. I also read online that if you plant um, uh, marigolds, yeah, that's an old old solution for many soil-borne diseases and bugs in general around gardens. Is, that, um, is it the roots in the in the? Uh, yeah, it's called tagetes, the marigold plant, and and um, some of the scent from the plant will keep away many insects. It's mm-hmm. a it's a well tried and true combination planting. So that would be worth a try. I'd still, I think at this point, recommend uh, letting letting it go pretty bare for at least one season. Just not plant anything yeah. at all. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's great. Thank you Thanks, so much. Bye bye. Thank you, Elaine. Now, when we come back, we'll be talking to Barbara about a money tree, and also Murray from Uxbridge is going to talk to us about a split tree trunk. And both of those people qualify for winning the prize if they can tell us the answer to the question, and that is who recorded a song called "Return of the Giant Hogweed." Yeah. It's uh, you could just all you have to do is tell us the name of the band. Now, I guess 
if we don't get an answer today, what we can do is I think we keep a list of the callers who have called in. Do we not, Dan? No, he doesn't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, someone will win it today. And, we'll, and you, you know as well as I do that the trick is if someone's got their computer open this morning, yes. they could, eh, Just they have could to bring Google us an it. answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dennis, we're going to take a short break. It's 928. We'll come back with uh, those two callers that are waiting on the line right after this. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds. He's just unusual. Yeah, he just. Good morning. <laughs> Dennis and I were just chatting. Robbie Lane here on The Garden Show. Uh, Charlie Dobbin is away, and Dennis Flanagan is uh, taking over. Now, I understand, Dennis, that uh, the prize that you're about to give away, um, we might have an answer from Barbara. And, uh, Barbara, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Good morning, Barbara. You're Good calling morning. from St. Catharines? Right. Well, I am told by our producer, Dan, that you have the answer to the question, who recorded Return of the Giant Hogweed? Genesis. You are right. Hey. Congratulations. Well done, Barbara. And Dennis, tell her what she's won one That's more time. Absolutely, Barbara. Dana will, will take your information, give it to me, and I'm going to send you two tickets for August the 21st. If, if you can come and join me uh, a day in the country uh, to visit six or seven private gardens um, in the Milton area, so not too far from St. Catharines. Uh, visit Landscape Ontario's wonderful trial gardens, which have all the new annuals and perennials that you'll see on the market in, in 2011. And um, we'll give you a barbecue lunch as well. That's wonderful. Yeah, looking forward to meeting you, Barbara. And we'll send you those uh, tickets and we'll see you on August 21st. Okay. Okay, Barbara, you have a question, don't you? Yes, all I right. have a money tree. Well, That's I what just, I was told it was called. Yeah, just one thing. Uh, when you're finished, when Dennis has answered your question, stay on the line because Dan, our producer, is going to get your information so that we can pass along that prize to you. Oh, okay. Okay, go ahead. Dennis is okay. waiting. It's about, I'd say, four feet, five feet tall. Mm -hmm. Due to... A combination of cats and kids. The bottom, <laughs> about two feet, have all broken off. Oh, no. Then I have one branch that comes off, and it is very large uh, amount of leaves on it. Yeah. And they're starting to come out some baby ones again. Great. Then there's another foot and a half foot, maybe, where it's all fallen off on its own pretty yep. well. Then I have another blossoming branch. Yeah. Can I break those branches off and get them rooted again, or is yeah. this plant just destined no, I, to be ugly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Barbara, I tried both things, actually. Uh, at this point in time, sounds like you've got to be pretty severe with the, with the money tree and maybe pretty severe with the cat, too. But anyway, um, uh, so take a pair of pruners and, and, and cut that way back. Uh, you're not going to kill it. Cut it way back and and let it, the, the mother plant recover a little bit. Now, by cutting it back, you're going to have uh, some stems in your hand and take some of those stems and take the tip part of the stems, about three or four inches long. Um, try to take a sharp knife and scrape a little bit of the bark off the bottom and get some uh, two or three inch pots with some uh, sharp sand or vermiculite and uh, you should have some good luck uh, just, just getting some new roots started, some new cuttings started from that plant. Um, then as it grows, you can pot it up and, and, and get, some, get some, new, uh, some new young plants going. But um, you, you, you're going to give the plants a lot of benefit by being quite harsh with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're good for you. And you'll have a, have a money tree and maybe lots of money. And 
It's music day today, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna ask ask Robbie who's who sang "Shake Your Money Maker." Well, I don't know why you'd ask me a question like that, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't remember. You I know will the by song. the end of the show. Won't yeah, you? <laughs> I will. I will. Believe me. But Barbara, thank you so much for calling and stay on the line. Dan will get your information. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Barbara. Okay. And I think we have uh, time for another caller before the next break. It's uh, 27 minutes before 10 o'clock on AM 740. This is The Garden Show with Dennis Flanagan sitting in for Charlie Dobbin and me, Robbie Lane, sitting in for Frank Proctor, who's on a little bit of vacation. Murray has been waiting and waiting on the line from Uxbridge, Ontario. Something about a split tree trunk. And Murray, good morning. Good morning. Dennis Flanagan is waiting for your call and your answer, or actually your question. Hi, Murray. Yes, how are you? Good, great, thanks. Good. I got a problem here. I got a 10-acre property up here in Uxbridge, and I planted some maple trees here a couple of years ago. Now, over the winter, my grandchildren come up here with, a snow, with their snowmobile, and they run around this property. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure one of them has uh, like glanced the ski off this tree and has split the trunk oh, dear. from the grade, oh, up about a foot, maybe 16 inches. Yep. Now, this, this already had the stakes on the side to, you know, to stabilize it because yep. it's a newly planted tree. I wired it together. What do I do from here on? I mean, the thing's going to grow. And yeah. Murray, how, how thick is, is the trunk, the split? I would say it's an inch and a half, maybe two inches. Okay. The tree is about eight feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned wire. Uh, good good first start to the problem, Murray. Not a, a long-term solution. That wire will bite into the tree as, as, as it, it expands. Yeah, so, you know, you're going to have to take that, that, that wire off. Uh, go to a, a garden center uh, and, and try to get something that's called grafting tape. Uh, and and this is used for fruit trees when you graft fruit trees, yeah. and that's what I would uh, bound the split with because uh, it's a flexible material. It's designed for trees, uh, and that will help to uh, hold the split together until it naturally uh, cal- what we call callous over, and it will do that. Maples in particular are, are very uh, tough at, at re-callousing uh, or sending out that um, protective coat to, sol- to solve that split. Okay. Um, so get, get some grafting tape uh, for now, put that on, and you will find that um, uh, within, within six months um, that will send, send out a little sort of bubbly um, liquid at first, uh, and that's the, a, a good sign that the tree is looking after itself and, and healing over. Um, once that's closed naturally on its own, you can you can take the grafting tape off. Um, for the future, unfortunately, that tree will always sort of be weak at that point. Um, and as it grows into a much more mature tree, you might have to consider something like a, a, a cable. Um, which is uh, like a metal bolt that goes through the tree. There's a nut on either end, and it, it actually cables the tree together and, and just stops it splitting in an ice storm, something like that. Okay. Uh, but worth saving, isn't it? You know, it sounds worth, like worth you. Worth saving, yes. Yeah, it sounds like it you got a. It's in complete foliage as far as leaves go. Yeah. It didn't seem to slow it down. No, it's amazing. You know, trees are absolutely amazing. They can split, and, and the sap will still go up the tree either side of the split. 
what my concern is 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 in an ice ice storm or a strong yeah. windstorm that tree will split so that's the reason we're trying to get it to, to bond together again so a little bit of work Murray but sounds like uh, it's a it's a project worth uh, worth getting into okay is it, is it worthwhile like I was thinking of maybe putting some kind of tar or something on it to keep the ants out because I haven't got it right together you know what it's funny that was the recommendation a few years ago and and the industry has turned completely against that now Uh, um, what we find is by putting the tar on you sometimes create other problems underneath the tar like uh, high humidity and it causes fungus diseases so just let nature take its course uh, with the with the natural uh, cambium layer developing so Murray great question thank you and Murray I have a suggestion too. tell your grandchildren if they keep (laughs) running into the trees you're going to lock them in the basement. <laughs> That'll solve your problem. I enjoy them up here running the snowmobiles around here. I bet got you 10 do. acres, and they live in the, in the city, and, uh, and they enjoy it. So, no, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, good luck with the tree. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Uh, we have a line open, and 416-360-0740 is the phone number, 1-866-740-4740, if you're out of town. And on that one line that we do have waiting for about almost eight and a half minutes from Oakville, I believe it's Eileen. Eileen, good morning. Good morning. And thanks for calling AM740, and you're talking right now to Dennis Flanagan. Go okay, ahead. Okay, thank you. morning, Eileen. Good morning. Uh, I have a problem with my yellow roses rose bush. I have a brown beetle attacking it and uh, I'm worried that it's what damage will it do and how can I get rid of them? Hmm. All right. little uh, couple of questions, Eileen, to, to help us out here. Um, the beetle is attacking the flower, the foliage, the... Right in, in the center of the flower. When mm-hmm. I go down, I usually go down between seven and eight at night and there he is right in the middle of the flower. Oh boy, yeah. Um... And is it a fairly large, I'm just trying to yeah. get my brain wrapped around what this is, uh, a large brown yes, or black beetle? Yes, the size of my baby fingernail. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, is it on all the roses or just particular? Just the yellow. Just the yellow. And that's uh-huh. interesting, you know, uh, that you mentioned yellow roses um, and nighttime because uh, there's certain colors that actually attract um, uh, insects at, at, in the evening because they can see the color a lot better and, and yellow is one of them actually mm-hmm. uh, you know what it's a difficult one Eileen and, and not a easy solution I'm going to tell you but what you're already doing which is getting out there and sort of uh, investigating and hand picking is, is probably one of the best things that you can you can do at the moment I see quick question for you do you have mulch around the roses no you don't good because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> when you hear about earwigs and beetles uh, it's a mulch problem I is see. there a is there a tree close to the roses? No, there's no. not. No. What, I, what I'm getting at is I'm trying to find where the source of the beetles come from. What I have from. very close is a flowering geranium, the ones that's a perennial that yep. comes up every year. Yeah, yeah. All right. Here's, here's that, that's a great clue then, Eileen. Get, uh, here's some exercise for you. Get down on your hands and knees uh-huh. <laughs> and lift, lift that perennial geranium up. Because uh, it's, if it's like mine, it's probably flopping all over the place at yes. the moment. 
And my suspicion would be that right underneath uh, where you've, you know, some dead leaves have fallen down, uh, you've got some organic matter there building up. And I'll bet you that's where those beetles are, are living and, and breeding and enjoying that organic matter. So it's a little bit of housekeeping at this point. Get get down there, lift that geranium up, and I bet you will find um, that's where the, the old leaves are. That's where the beetles are. Uh, you might find all sorts of... Um, cool insects under there actually uh yeah. and and sort of get a, a get a rake or a trowel and physically take all that stuff out and i think uh you might solve solve your problem there good um should i cut the geranium back a bit away from it because it's inclined to you know spread yep. i mean it is beautiful but yeah they're lovely spread. yeah certainly wouldn't harm Eileen. certainly wouldn't harm um to do to do that and uh they are. They they do keep growing those perennial geraniums. They're absolutely wonderful. But my suspicion is that's, you know, beetles like to hide. Earwigs like to hide uh-huh. in, in in cool dark places. And and if the if it's not mulch, it's probably underneath a shrub or a um, a, a, a ground hugging perennial like that geranium. Yeah. So get under there and cl- and, and and clean it out. Okay. All right. And. Thank you. I will do, and thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you, Eileen. And when we come back, we've got uh, Barbara and Lloyd waiting on the line. They have some questions for Dennis Flanagan, uh, but we'll do that after we do some business with you. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds. Good morning, AM740. It's uh, just almost quarter to ten on a Saturday morning. I'm Robbie Lane sitting in for Frank Proctor, and Dennis Flanagan's here for Charlie Dobbin. And we have from St. Catharines, uh, Barbara on the line. Good morning, Barbara. Are you there? Yes, I'm here, Dennis. Thank you very much. Well, hey. I, it's Robbie you're talking to, but here's Dennis for you. <laughs> okay, thank okay. you, Robbie. And, yeah, you're welcome. Morning, thank Barbara. You, Dennis. <laughs> What's your question? Um, Dennis, my question is on evergreen cedars. Mm-hmm. And my main concern is how much water do they like or don't like? Okay. I got a question back for you then, Barbara. How old are they? One year old. And ah. uh, a couple of them were planted this year because they yep. actually, a, a few of them actually died. And I don't know mm. why. Well, it could be a watering problem. Um, and most uh, evergreen cedars, uh, you, you might have planted them what we call bare root, not in a pot, did you? Yeah. Bare root, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So well, there's, there's the trick, Barbara. Uh, so for the first year, they need a lot of water, to be honest with you. Ah. And I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, using a, a soaker hose, you know, one yeah. of those hoses with all the little holes in. Yeah. And, and run that along the base of the cedars. Because uh, it's very wasteful trying to water with an overhead sprinkler. Uh, yeah. a, a really good soaker hose along the base of those cedars. I like to then put some mulch over the top of that soaker hose so it's holding the moisture in. And um, I would be turning that on probably, if it doesn't rain, putting that, putting that on every two or three days and letting okay. it soak for about an hour into the root system of that, those, that cedar hedge. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it after you get it baby it over the first year and it sets those roots down, you you know, mother nature tends to look after it, but you've got to get it through through that first year. So okay. um and 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 nice choice, evergreen cedars, lovely privacy. Uh yes. sounds like you're going to have a in a couple of years Barbara a beautiful hedge down in St. Catharines there. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you, and have a great day. You too. You okay. too, Barbara. Thanks okay. for calling. You're quite welcome. Pleasure is mine, Dennis. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. 
Uh, we have Lloyd from Toronto uh, calling. He's been hanging on the line for a while. Good morning, Lloyd. How are you doing? Not too bad, Dennis. Hi, okay, Lloyd. Well, good. And here's, Rob? here's Dennis for you. You guys are doing a great job there. Thank you so much. Phew. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just send us money. <laughs> You're my favorite uh, radio program on, uh, on Saturday morning, anyway, the plants. Well, that's Excellent. good. Excellent. You I have, have a question. Uh, an amazing amaryllis, four or five years now, that uh, I got from the Huntington Society. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has bloomed like crazy all the time. And it has grown two new bulbs on the side. Wow. And it it blooms. I'll cut it back maybe after they finish blooming now. But it has six blooms on each stem. <laughs> wow, good for you, Lloyd. Beautiful red. Uh, wow. Uh, my question is, when it's finished blooming, it has a, a pod up comes up or a seed pod comes up on the top. Yep. Are those seeds or what are they? They are seeds, um, but typically it's very difficult to grow amaryllis from from, from those seeds. So um, you you may as well just sort of you know cut that off because yeah. it's taking energy away from the the, the plant. Um, it's. Uh, Lloyd, question for you. You've had some success with this. Uh, tell our Hello. listeners a couple of couple because amaryllis can be very difficult for certain people. What, yeah, do, you, what this, do you do? It's, uh, it's been in the, in a single pot and and it uh, filled the whole pot full. Yeah, of good. Bulb, yep. and uh, it just keeps coming and coming. Yeah, so, and fertilizer? No, just uh, about maybe once every two weeks, something like that. But I'll cut it back and then it'll come again. It loves. It's in a north window. Ah. Uh. And yeah. it just loves it in there, and it just fills the. It, I just keep the leaves on just for the show. Yep. And and it just keeps uh, keeps coming, well, and every f- once in a while it'll kick out a bloom from, even from the side pods that have come on already. Wonderful, good, onions. good for you, Lloyd. Have, Lloyd, have a look down at your hands for me. What color are your thumbs? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, actually, I'm I'm known in the building here as the plant rescuer. <laughs> because if anybody throws a plant out. Uh, my whole apartment is just full of plants. I've got a, a vine that travels around the whole apartment from one one little uh, plant. You're kitchen. great. There should be more guys like Anything, you out yeah. there. <laughs> Lloyd, uh, thanks, thanks very much. I'm just... an old farmer, so i got to keep my fingers <laughs> in the soil. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, Lloyd, thanks yeah. for calling. Now, earlier we had a lady call in about the roses and yeah. beetles that and were attacking. I, s- I see that on the screen, Robbie. I'd, yes. I'd be interested to hear from Marianne if she's got another solution for me. Yeah, Marianne is waiting on the line. She has some kind of an answer for the last beetle caller, and uh, that's beetle with two E's. Marianne, good morning. Good morning. And you have a question or you have an answer? Well, the lady that called before, I had this problem, too. I'm still having it, actually. Yeah. They started on just my yellow roses. Yeah, it's interesting. And when I killed most of them off of my yellow roses, then they went to my red and my mauve roses. Yeah. And they keep coming back. And the solution I found on the Internet was there was no nothing you could buy to put on them. What I do is wet them down to wet their wings and then just squish them with gloves on. Ooh, aren't you nasty? And they're called a cypher beetle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Marianne, that's absolutely right. There, there are no um, products at the moment, chemical products that we can buy and use. So squishing, um, with preferably maybe with a pair of gloves on, <laughs> is is the answer. You've you've got it absolutely. Some people will use um, you know some of the insecticidal soaps at the same time, mm-hmm. um, which which helps a little bit. But you've you've called it. it you know what I yeah. find nowadays is is there isn't any easy quick fixes. Yeah, I went and bought that. You know the earthworks. Yep. It's like a vinegar smell. Yep. And I sprayed them with that, but that just 
stop them from flying. It didn't kill them or anything. So yeah, yeah. But we, I wish there was some way to get rid of them because they're really too. ruining all my roses. Yeah, me too. And and it's a matter of just sort of being a little. Uh, um, almost religious about being out there every day and, yeah. and, and looking through the roses and, and picking them out and I wish there was an easy solution and um, maybe if someone has it they could phone are, Robbie and Charlie next week or yeah, Charlie. Let me ask you, is there, are they new in this area? Yes, relatively new and, and typical of insects, they come in cycles yeah. and, and so we didn't see the beetles for a while and uh, and now they're back again, and uh, it's it's a very very tough problem in the garden to solve. Well, I'd like to talk to you longer, but I got to go put my gloves <laughs> on and go squash some beetles. Marion, the beetle squasher from Burlington. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for calling, Marion. Okay. Hey, Robbie, given our music sort of theme today, because you you know I'm such an admirer of you. Um, I'm excited because I got a Beatles uh, ticket this weekend to go and see Mr. Paul McCartney. Wow, oh. which night are you going? It's, uh, Sunday. Great. Real excited. You will love the concert, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. He okay. does a little bit of everything, including some of the old Beatles songs. Yeah, so it'll be good. Nice. All right, from Mississauga, I believe it's Ada on the line. Ada is uh, calling us about her tomatoes or her tomatoes. Which <laughs> one is it, Ada? Tomatoes. Okay, <laughs> you have a question for Dennis. Yes, I do. Uh, normally, we've always put in beefsteak potatoes. Yep. I mean, tomatoes. <laughs> Taste beautiful, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yes, but uh, this year we have four plants, and they're nice, but they're very small. Oh, really? They're about a third of the size that they normally are. The, 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 now, the plants or the fruit, Ada? The, the tomatoes themselves. The, the smaller. Yeah. Ah, isn't that interesting? Uh, I was wondering what would be the cause of this. Well, I'm going to go back to an earlier call, a uh, caller about vegetables, and uh, we, we, we talked about crop rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, have you always planted the tomatoes in the same spot? Yes. Yeah. This is the first year, though, that they've... Uh, they've done that, yeah. Um, any other things physically that have changed in your garden? Mm, well, we did uh, switch from most... We had a lot of flowers now. He's put in carrots and beans and mm-hmm. that type of thing. And all the other vegetables are doing well? Uh, we don't have much else. It's only flower bed, not a garden. Okay. Have you thinned out the foliage on the tomato plants throughout the well, last month? Um, I, this is my husband's department, and uh, I kind of hope he, he was raised on a farm, so I kind of figured <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Because half the battle with tomatoes this time of year is getting them to grow bigger uh, and, and to ripen. And we certainly had the heat, um, oh, yeah. so that hasn't been a problem. Uh, but sometimes the foliage overtakes the tomato plant too much and the sun doesn't get mm-hmm. to, the, to ripen and, and make the fruit bigger. So It's in the back of Faces West. Yeah, that's good. Um, so maybe a little bit of thinning out, of uh, pinching out of some of the, mm-hmm. the green foliage will, will help your problem mm-hmm. there a little bit. And if he's done the same thing as he has other years, though, uh, all yeah. of a sudden, would it do that? Uh, yeah, and I'm going to throw a really weird suggestion out here, Ada. Yeah, 100% sure you got the right variety. Well, that's what the ticket said. That's what the. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> I'm being just a little that suspicious that, that if you. That crossed my mind yeah, too. Yeah, you know, I've seen it, I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's very easy for tickets for those little plastic tags to get mixed up. And it's, it's not usually the greenhouse grower, the garden center. It's usually uh, curious customers that, you know, oh, yes. pick it out the pot. 
um, and put it back back in the wrong pot. Like in everything else in the stores. So, yeah, so I'd be real interested if in, in, a, in a month when you've harvested, give Charlie a call back. Right, well, uh, they've been, we have a good harvest now. Yeah. Uh, okay. They've been coming in yeah. plentiful. And, you and you'd probably know from the taste, right? Whether it was they're, they're great. Beef. Yeah, they are. Taste wow. is just the size. Just the size, huh? Go yeah. back. Who'd you, whoever you bought them from, go back and have a chat with them. Uh-huh. All right, just to see. Okay, then. Maybe it was a variety mix-up. Possibly. I, I might give you a call next year. That'd be great. see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Ada. Thank you, Ada. Anyway, bye-bye. Good luck with your tomatoes. Uh, we've got time for another caller, but we're going to have to do these things first. Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow. And good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us on AM740, The Garden Show. We have uh, Carol waiting on the line, and she has. we have time for her, but we have no more time left. So thank you, everybody, for calling in this morning. And those of you who are still trying, you'll have to call back next week. I think uh, Charlie is back next week. Yes, yeah, she, she is. Yeah, okay. she is but Dennis is here for now, and we're talking to Carol from Barrie, and she has something uh, she wants to ask Dennis Feinig. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Robbie. How are you? I'm great. Thank hey. you. Hi, Carol. Hi, how are you, Dennis? Great. I'll make this quick. I know we're running yeah. out of time. Yeah. Oh, I have um, lots of lilies, yeah. and I have a few Asiatic ones that are having red beetle problems. Yeah. And uh, they're not as bad this year as they were last year, but I wonder if there was a prophylactic or something I could do to get it in the bud, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, it's, that is the toughest question over the last three years, Carol, uh, yeah. from gardeners across the province. Uh, some people have success with something called neem oil. Neem uh, oil. Neem oil. You might want to try that at a garden center. I've I've heard some good results from that. Okay. Uh, other people just swear by the old-fashioned squish the old method. Squish, yeah. <laughs> Is that neem with two e's? Yeah, two e's. Yeah. Neem, neem oil. So I have heard some good reports about that. If you want to try something or the old. The old-fashioned uh, pick and pick and destroy, Carol. I, yes, that's I, what I, I've been doing. I know it's it's not easy, but if you like your like your lilies and you want to keep them going, that's uh-huh. probably the best solution. But try neem, try neem oil. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank yeah, you. and you know, if all else fails, you can always call Marion the Beetle Squisher from Burlington. <laughs> yes, she, I think she enjoys <laughs> doing Thanks, that. Robbie. I hope to see you and Grant soon at the Chicken Deli. We'll be there. Grant Again. will be our guest in two weeks. Oh, two weeks. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. And thanks for calling. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> Thank you, Kel. Well, isn't that nice? You, you're so famous. Aren't oh, well, you? I don't know. You really are. I've just been around for 100 years. That's probably <laughs> why. And it's been fun doing a gardening show with a bit of a music theme to it. Today. It has been, yes. Music, and we had that uh, question that you brought in today, and yeah. that uh, lucky winner will go on that great garden trip with you and have lunch. Yes. We'll yeah. have a barbecue lunch and, and visit the trial gardens at landscape ontario that's that's right and 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 that's uh, just i want to finish today robbie by saying that is open to anyone that day august 21st is an open house one day only and uh anyone that wants to see the new varieties uh that are going to be out on the marketplace in 2011 that's the place to come and see um want a little bit more information come to our website at at landscapeontario.com and it'll tell you about the trial gardens. Do you know if there's a phone number or if somebody has an access to a computer? Is there a phone number that they might call? Uh, yes, you can do 1-800-265-5656. And that's August the 21st, and that's two weeks today. It's a yeah. Saturday. Yeah, and... Uh, 
Rain or shine, uh, univer- we, we partnered with the uh, University of Guelph, wonderful guy called Roger Chance, and he'll be there all day to answer gardening questions. Well, that's great. And I've had fun with you today. Me too. Yeah, this has been good. Now, Charlie will be back next week. Yes. And uh, I think, is she taking another holiday sometime this summer? Uh, not if I can help it. <laughs> so she probably will. I think her whole life is a vacation. I think it is, too. Yeah. Uh, so you may be back in the chair. I'm always ready and waiting when, when Charlie's off on off for a day to, cut, to come back and, and uh, be on Zuma Radio. Well, that's good. And thank you so much for all the callers uh, for calling in today, and especially that, uh, I think, the lady from Barrie who says she's going to come down to the Chicken Deli yeah. and see my band on a Sunday afternoon. That's nice. And uh, we'll be looking for more callers coming up between noon and 1 o'clock when we go all requests here on AM 740. Anything you want to hear, you call us. I'll give you the phone numbers when we get near the time. And uh, we'll play the song for you and dedicate it to you or to whoever else you might want to dedicate it to. Thank you, Dennis Flanagan. Thank you. And thank you, Dan, out there in the production area. And thank you to all the callers. And uh, The Garden Show will be back next week with Charlie Dobbin. And we'll be back with more music after the news with Chris McCusker. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.